Okay, Shalom Ubracha, everybody. Shabbat Tov, nice to see all the beautiful people, the new people, Bezat Hashem. So, while reading, Bezat Hashem, we're going to go into introductory teachers, teachings as a follow up for those who heard already this year in Sudash Lishit. And if you weren't there, it's okay because it's new ideas. And we're gonna, through all these introductions, we will then go to show how this is the main key for Chinuch, education of children, raising children and family, okay? We're going to start off first with another story, a funny story, of the two holy brothers. And by the way, it's nice to tell stories of Tzadikim, Motzei Shabbat, so we have also part of Melav Malka telling stories of Tzadikim. Rav Eli Melech of Lizhensk and his older brother, Rav Zusha of Anapoli, there was a time that they went on a self-imposed exile, Galut, and they went incognito, unrecognizable, into various villages, various cities. And they did whatever they did, and they went dressed like regular people, so nobody knew they were big tzaddikim. They were rebbies, they were, they were big tzaddikim who were famous, but they went dressed up differently so no one could recognize them. They came to a certain village, where in that village there was a curfew. Anybody out on the streets after 8 p.m. would, ha- would be arrested, put in jail, even though they were innocent, until the morning. And in the morning, when they would inquire who they are, they see their documents and passports, whatever, ID, they would let them out. Okay? So, Rav Zusha and Rav Melech, they arrived about 10 minutes before 8, and they didn't have enough time to set up their lodgings and everything. They were on the street, it's 8 p.m., and they got arrested, and they were put into the jail, the jail cell, and the jail cell in that, that village was set out that... Second, please was set up that all the mattresses were around the room and in the middle was the toilet, the bathroom, to relieve themselves, okay? So around the room were all these very sad Jews and non-Jews, very sad and broken, okay? And in the middle was, there was this restroom that they relieved themselves and Rav Elimelech was very sad. So Rav Zusha was always the happy brother. He said to his brother, why are you so sad? So he said, what do you want? I can't have an Arvit. I can't do Kriyat Shema How am I supposed to be happy now? I can't daven. I can't learn Torah the smell of the, of the bathroom. It's, it's forbidden. No Torah, no nothing. So Rav Zusha hinted to him the halacha. He can't say explicitly. So he hinted in the halacha that says like this. That when you're in a situation where you can't daven and can't say Kriyat Shema. For example, in this scenario, where you're exposed to a washroom, so you can't say any brachot. So what you do is you say in your heart, Hashem, I want to do your will but I can't because of the scenario and the situation. So please let it Hashem be considered as if I did the mitzvah, and you are credited as if, ke'ilu, you did the mitzvah. So Rav Zusha told his brother, my, my dear brother, you're such a perfect tzaddik your whole life, you always did things perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. Now's your opportunity to do the mitzvah like this. You never did this mitzvah this way, of being in a situation that you can't, so, and you're going to miss Kriyat Shema and miss the Shemone Yisrael. Huh? Baki Bishov. fine. But you're going to be in this situation, you were never in this situation, be happy. So he got him so excited, he started dancing with him, with his brother, and all the people in the jail cell, all the goyim and the Jews there, the murderers, the non-murderers, whatever, they saw these two brothers dancing like that. So they saw that everyone's looking at them, really weird. So Rav Zusha, they took everybody's hands and they started dancing in a big circle around the toilet. So the warden of the, of the jail cell, he heard this noise of, of all this singing and dancing. He said, what's the noise here? He said, it's because of the toilet. He said, oh really? So he went in, he took out the toilet seat. So Rav Zusha told Rav now you can dive in. <laughs> Now you can dive in. Now is the perfect time. 
What's the point of the story? Like we spoke about it, Sudash Lishit. Simcha is not just the means, it's the solution. It's the solution. They had a positive attitude, and Hashem took them out of it. He was able to daven, able to create Shema. This is what we said earlier, that simcha with simcha you get out. You're stuck in a situation, it's expected that you do the right thing. What's the right thing? Is to be happy in that situation. Alright, but it's hard for me to be happy. So we said, if you are accustomed to working on the attribute of simcha day in, day out, you eat with simcha, you drink with simcha, you think about it, you dive in, you learn. So when you're faced with such a scenario like this, such a situation like this, by reflex, you go to simcha. You're able to go to it, and simcha is the opening. Because like we said, it guides you, number one, if you have to make a decision, to make the right decision. Number two, Hashem in His compassion, now that you're on His page, because you have the joy, He sends you the right situation that solves it, Bezat Hashem. That's how powerful it is. That's how powerful it is. The Zohar, Parashat Bereshit, at the end of Parashat Bereshit, brings down something pretty scary. Okay? The Zohar says on the Pasuk, about the generation of the flood, and Hashem's pain of how blemished the generation of the flood was. They went very far in immorality, in theft, incest, everything they went. Okay? So the Pasuk says there, And Hashem, I mean, how we translate it is, and Hashem was saddened in his heart. Okay? So the Zohar says a few things. Number one, it asks on the, on the grammar of this pasuk. It says, number one, Vayit Atsev, and not Vaye Atsev. What's the difference? Vayit Atsev is the heart, Elibo, the heart is saddened, within itself. The sadness is coming from within the heart. That's Vayit Atsev, as opposed to Vaye Atsev, which is A, making B sad. Okay? Vaytatsev is more serious. The heart itself, the heart of Hashem, which the Zohar says is the seed of Bina. Bina is Hashem's level of understanding. The sadness hit the sphira, the attribute, the energy of Hashem's Bina. So if that's the case, why do you say El Libo? It should say Vaytatsev Be Libo. And the heart was saddened in it, in the heart. Be Libo. So why do you say now El Libo? As if to say, you're going from A to B, but you just said, Vayit If you want to say, if I'm going from A to B, the Pasuk should read, Vayit El Libo, or Vayit Belibo. What's this two opposites of Vayit El Libo? So the Zohar says, there's another level of Hashem that's also called the heart, and that's Malchut. The Sphira, the level of Hashem's Malchut, is also called the heart. So the Zohar says, that the Atzvut, the sadness that Hashem was saddened, hit both the level of Bina and the level of Malchut. What does that mean? So Zohar elaborates and expands the idea. The Zohar says that you have people who sin and sin and sin and every time they fall and crack and everything, they want to do tshuva, they start again. So Hashem gives them another chance. And again, they crack up, they fall, they break, and they say, Hashem, chatati, aviti, vashati, I want to come back. And again, Hashem gives another chance. And it goes on this vicious cycle again, again, and again. 
hundred times, thousand times, ten thousand times, until Kivyachol, Hashem's level of Malchut says, that's it. How many times? Vicious cycle. You're not changing. You're not advancing. You're even worse off than you were before. You keep on saying you want to do tshuva and come back, and you keep on falling. You keep on falling again and back. Ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. Enough. We can't give you any more chances. And the person is saying, but give me another chance. Nothing stands in front of tshuva. There's the sages teach, the Gemara teaches, all the masachim, it, 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 it opens up. You know, give me another chance. So, kivyachol, malchut, Hashem's malchut, closes the door, but malchut says, we're now going to take your case to a higher court, the level of bina. So now a person now is elevated to Bina, which is, the, the Zohar says, the root of Tshuva. That's where Tshuva, the root of Tshuva emanates from there. And a person's Tshuva goes up to that level, okay? So now we start again. He, he, the man, he falls, and he asks for another chance, and they give him another chance. He asks for a chance, he gives another chance, and it goes on and on and on, until even by Bina, Kivyachol, there's an X. That's it. No more chances. And there's no more than this. There's only Malchut and Bina for Tshuva. The source of tshuva is in bina. So the person has an X at malchut, and has an X in bina. So there's a situation where tshuva will no longer help. The Zohar says, where do we see that? In the words of the next pasuk. Vayinachem Hashem al So the Zohar, Rashi, the Zohar uses one of the two interpretations of Rashi on the pasuk. Rashi and the Zohar say, Vayinachem is milashon, to receive con- condolences, consolation. So Hashem, Hashem, Hashem received consolation for the bad they did. What consolation? That now Hashem allows Bina and Malchut together to execute judgment against this person. They say, time up. So that now, what does that mean? The person now comes before Hashem. Hashem, give me another chance. After everything I've done, Hashem says, I already shatiti kostan chumin alecha. I already took the consolation by allowing the judgment against you and your prayers and your tshuva won't help anymore. The Zohar says this, okay? This Rabbeinu in Lesson 24, he calls this tokpa dedina. Tokef is when a person has major dinim against him because they've, gave him, they've given a person so many chances and he knows that. But they reaches the limit. You keep on falling again and again and again. It's not moving. So a person reaches tokef adin. Which means, yes, there's a point where it's hopeless. And, and yush, and at this point, we can't help you anymore. From heaven. Comes Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, and he says, even in such a scenario, there is an opening that bypasses even Bina. And that's the attribute of Simcha. Simcha, he teaches, Simcha ta mitzvah, can bypass even the worst scenario. Let's give an example. A person now has been sentenced to death. Okay? So he has a death sentence, and as is customary in the world, they tell the person before he dies, Do you have a last request? So the person says, Yes. I want you to bring in front of me all the generals and officials who signed my case to be killed, to be executed. I want you to bring them in front of me. And for one hour, I want to tell them jokes. Okay? They bring their generals, the officials and everything. And he's telling them jokes and jokes and jokes. At the end of the hour, they're all on the floor cracking up. <laughs> okay? They're flipping out. And they say, you know, we can't kill such a guy. We need him. We need comedians like this. We need people to make us laugh like this. So they give him another chance. They sign him off. Go. It's okay. You're, 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 you're free. 
So kiv yachol, as if to say, this is the power of simcha, in that it bypasses even judgment at the highest level. This is hinted to in this week's parsha. Yitzchak. Yitzchak is called Yitzchak al Shem Ha Tzchok, right? It's called Tzchok Asal Yelokim. What in the world does does Tzchok? One second here. Okay, what in the world does Tzchok have to do with Yitzchak? Yitzchak is dinim. Yitzchak is dinim. Gvurot Yitzchak, pachad Yitzchak. What does Tzchok have to do? It shows us that the root of judgments, in this case, holy judgments, the root is the Tzchok, the happiness. That's why also, by the way, the parshas we read on Rosh Hashanah, which is Yom Adin, the Day of Judgment, all the parshot of the first and second day of Rosh Hashanah deal with who? With Yitzchak. The conception of Yitzchak, the birth of Yitzchak, the Akedah of Yitzchak, to show us that on Rosh Hashanah, we're going to bypass the root of judgment, which would be the representation of Yitzchak, the Holy Judgment, and then from there emanates all types of dinim in the world. We bypass that with tzchok, with joy, okay, with simcha. This is how powerful simcha is. Where tshuva doesn't help anymore, simcha plays in and comes into it. So meaning again, another point, that joy is always there to help a person, to laugh. This guy's laughing, I'm happy you're laughing. <laughs> we have to do it again, guys. All together, please. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Climate time. He's not laughing, this guy. Terrible. Is that, is that hard? Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Rabbeinu says to be in a happy mood. Everyone's smiling. Even the women are smiling. I'm so happy. Even if it takes Mila Distuta, Distuta, Moroccan, Mila Distuta, to be silly and act funny, if this is how you're going to be happy, you have to do it. That's the key. What's the limit? What's the limit? Until it comes out of your nose. <laughs> what? Each person according to what they feel. I'm sorry, there's no rules to that. You have to, you have to decide on that. What's your limit? Each person has a different limit. My limit might be to make a papillon with my payout and make a little cuckoo and everything. And you won't be able to do that, right? To turn the cuckoo and keep upside down. If it makes, you, if it makes other people happy, that you know, you know they're going to be happy about. Not that people are going to think you're crazy immediately. You know, you're going to think of that. Not a negative picture. If you know it's going to cause happiness, like we did tonight, we just made a smile. It was silly, but funny, but you all smiled. Baruch Hashem, it worked. Even you smiled. Baruch Hashem, right? So, so if that, if that, that's what's needed. Rabbi Nachman says, you have to act silly in order to be happy. He says, people are so sad and stuck in their depression, in their atzvut, in their marash chora and everything, that the damage caused by trying to be serious and fix problems in other words, by taking a serious attitude, is more damaging than acting silly. To just explain this better, the Gemara says, Masachet Brachot, Daf Lamid. There were two rabbis, Rabbi Zera and Abaye, that they were cracking up. They were, <laughs> they were happy. They were flipping out. Okay? <laughs> Very nice. So each one stood, another Rav, by Rabbi Zera was someone else, and Abaye was someone else. They asked him, one second, we have Psukim in the Torah that teach us that you're not supposed to be overly happy. You have to take, a, you have to, uh, you have to take a, one second here. They said they can't hear. Can, audio's not working. One second, please. How do we fix this? Rabona Shalom. Help us, Hashem. Oh, my darling. We're trying to fix the recording here. One second. Join audio.
my darling, oh my darling, Clementine, oh my darling, oh my, can you guys hear me now? Okay. Oh my darling. Okay. Okay, here we go. Just fix this. Okay, can you guys hear me now? Can you hear? Yes, good. Okay, here we go. So you missed out the good part. Okay, what can you do? So the, so the Gemara says that they, the first rabbi asked him, it says, You should rejoice, but with, with limitation. In other words, you'll be happy, but take it easy. Have a limit. You know, you're happy, but you have to have also fear. Gilu birada, with trepidation. Okay? And the second rabbi brought another pasuk, even more, more tough. A pasuk in Mishle. Bechol etzev motar. Which means what? How the Gemara translates it as? There's an advantage. There's a yitaron. Motar means a, an advantage. If there's etzev. It's good to be sad a little. It's good to have atzvut. Okay? So both rabbis answered the same answer. I'm wearing tefillin. They were wearing tefillin at the time. Tefillin kamanachna. I am now wearing tefillin, which means what? Rashi explains. I have every right to be happy with no limits. No limits. The commentaries in the Gemara say that when it comes to simcha of a mitzvah, and that's our case, because even the jokingness is for the sake of true simcha. Why am I acting funny and silly? So I can have a simcha attitude. So now, with the mitzvot that I'm doing constantly every day, because we said earlier today, we have tons of mitzvot. Hashem made a lot of Torah mitzvot that we have access to all day long, okay? Even by thought and thinking, etc. Tzitzit, brit milah, mitzvot non-stop. So we need this happiness always. So I'm allowed, without limit, to access simcha. They say in the Gemara that the fear is, you would think that if a person now is overly happy, that he'll come to what's called simcha shel holelut, he'll come to what's called kalut rosh, he'll come to take the mitzvot lightly. Sometimes you see that. People, people have a party, and people start, start drinking, they forget to say bracha chona, they begin to say nibul peh. You see people that they can get off easily, right? But when it comes to simchat mitzvah, that your happiness is connected to the mitzvah you're doing, there's no worry that you're going to come to Kalut Rosh and act silly. That's what the Gemara says, and the commentary is the Gemara saying. So again, there's no limit to the simcha we have in doing a mitzvah. Okay? Simcha has to be extreme. It has to be oh my darling. It has to be oh my darling all the way in order to activate that simcha bezat Hashem. Okay? Yes, sir. I don't remember which, I don't remember which Torah it is, but there's a Torah that says... Right, right. Lesson five. Lesson five. So, so ultimately, the simcha is not your. I don't. What I'm, what I'm challenging is: is this? Now, I'm not saying there's not a thing about bringing your atzmud into the dance. That's not. That's another story. But there's another idea here, where if you are able to access access the mitzvah without this personal need for reward and whatever he goes through right, there, right. then now you're able, why is the simcha limited? Because it's Hashem simcha. Exactly. Rav Nosen writes in the Kuti Al-Achot, listen carefully, we said it earlier today, he says, Rav Nosen, the simcha in doing a mitzvah, get ready, is greater than the mitzvah itself. You hear that? I'll say it again. <laughs> the simcha in doing a mitzvah is even greater than the mitzvah. That's the goal of the mitzvah, is to tap into that simcha. We said earlier that all the klalot in Parashat Kitavo, 
Parashat Kitavo has all these 98 curses, this and that, and eating children, all these crazy things. And towards the end it says, all this will happen, Tachat Asher Lo Avadetem Et Hashem Elokechem Besimcha Uvtuv Levav Because you didn't serve Hashem with joy and a good heartness. It doesn't say, because you didn't serve Hashem. You could be serving Hashem, and it's without joy. That's the opening for these curses. It doesn't say you're not serving Hashem. It's not serving Hashem with the Simcha. All the curses coming in. The goal of Nosan says is to tap into that Simcha. You have people who are dry in their, in their davening, they're dry in their devotions. Okay? They have to work fast to bringing Simcha to it. And if I can't, I can't. We have many Itzot. But one amazing point there was once a dialogue between Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, and Rav Nosim. Rabbi Nachman was telling Rav Nosim how important it is to be happy on Shabbat. And he asked him, are you ever happy on Shabbat? Rav Nosim says, sometimes I have an arousal, a hitore root, I have a spiritual arousal. Rabbi Nachman says, that's not the way. That's not the way. The way is first to be besimcha. That's the way to access the hitore root and the frumkite. He says the main thing is simcha, and by the way, to come to the Yiddish, the, the, the Frumkai. And then Rabbi Nachman read Rav Nosin's mind. And he said to him, now you have what to worry about. He read his mind that Rav Nosin said, oh no. So how am I going to be besimcha on Shabbat when I don't have the simcha? When I'm trying my best, it's not there. So Rav Nosin answered the Rabbi, at least I want to be besimcha. At least I want to have that joy. So Rabbi Nachman says, you hear everybody what he said? He said, perfect. He said, very right. Richtig in Yiddish. He said, right. This is the attitude. Rav Nosan said, in other words, and if I can't be besimcha, at least I know that this is the direction, and I want to be besimcha, and I'm davening about it, so I'm on the right track. I'm not there yet, but at least the davening about it brings me to that connection with Hashem. One point I wanted to say, or we skipped this point, is this verse, the Gemara brings down this verse, Bechol etzev yemotah, that there's an advantage to be sad. So Rav Nosan writes, that even though the earlier books of Musar, they all take this attitude and they try to scare a person in order to wake up. For example, he says the book, Reshit Chochmah, where there's an attitude of making you feel worried. He says, Rav Nosin, that that applies, those books and investing your energy in the Musar books applies more for earlier generations. Because today, the Sakana of falling from worry, even a kosher worrying, and makes you fall to start panicking and falling to despair and sadness is so delicate and so easy to come to that it has to be avoided if it's going to lead you to sadness and depression. You hear that? He says, this is why in Breslau they say, use the teachings of Rabbi Nachman for Musar. Because it's uplifting. It takes from a positive attitude and doesn't break you. It lifts you up from a positive angle. Even where Rav Nosan Likutei Tfilot, he gives you a broken heart, and he did also. But the broken heart, he says in Sichot Aram, when you have a genuine broken heart, it will lead to Simcha. It will lead to Simcha Bezat Hashem. But it has to be a broken heart at the right time. At the time is, and he did They have a joke in Breslav. They say, every day, Purim, 23 hours, and one hour Yom Kippur. One hour Yom Kippur, and 23 hours Purim. In other words, your simcha has to be 23 hours, and that one hour that you reserve to talk to Hashem and to be open and to meditate, 
put in your broken heart in that, in that time. So that, they would say to Breslev, when the Yetzirah comes to you in the middle of the day, ah, oh, you're such a loser, you're such a this, you didn't make it here, you didn't make it for your kids, and this and that. And he talks to you, you say, sir, my hour for you is in that hour in the Hidbot in Yom Kippur hour. You can come to me in four hours, we'll talk then. I put you on schedule, Zoom schedule, and then Yom Kippur hour, come to me then, right? We push it off. You have to push it off. You have to push it off because if you carry it with you, with you, make it heavy, okay, you feel bad. Some people, for example, also, they think it's a mitzvah to watch Holocaust videos in order to remember and everything. But the atzfut generated by watching those videos and making yourself broken, and you think, but I have to identify with the pain of my Jewish nation. But you're causing more damage by identifying like that. It would be better to identify with the Jewish nation by being b'simcha and having that simcha spread and and and. And what's it called? Generate to other people, Bezat Hashem, okay? With all this, we now we can go into the stage of the Chinuch. There was a true story of two families, two religious families who came from Eastern Europe, came to Ellis Island, to New York in the early 1900s, when all the Jews, many Jews, started to leave Europe because of the bad situation in Eastern Europe, in Russia, etc., assimilation, whatever, or money, dochak, persecution. These two families came to Ellis Island and the situation was very hard back then. You had to work six days a week and the day off was only Sunday. You had to work on Shabbat. And if you did not work on Shabbat, you lost your job. Two families, identical. Children, peyot, kippah, tzitzit, everything, okay? Two fathers, they go to work, they, got a, they found a job, they started working on Monday. Boom, 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 boom. Came Friday, okay? Friday... They finished quickly, they ran home and everything. They didn't go to work on Shabbat. Both lost their jobs. Okay? So the next week came, they both went to try to find a new job. And it's not easy to find a new job so quickly. It took a few, two days. So this time they, they found a new job maybe by Wednesday. They didn't tell the owner that they're, they're, quitting, they're, not, they're not coming to work on Shabbat. They made him assume that we're going to be at work for Shabbat. So they worked less hours. Let me, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They lost their job. Less money. Okay? The money from last week came and was all gone and now this week there was less money the third week both of them also senior, they had, until they found a job one guy found it on Wednesday one guy found it on Thursday two days of job there was hardly any money at home okay one family he couldn't take the pressure he couldn't see the Shabbat table and the kids are starving and there's no food to put on the table he didn't know what to do there's nothing on the Shabbat table for the family after the whole week there's no food and it was killing him and he was angry, and he was frustrated, and it was affecting his wife, and the children, and all was upside down, and he's screaming, and they're screaming, and everything. He couldn't take the burden, and the next week, he went to work on Shabbat. The other guy, the other family, he had the same scenario, no food at the table, but he believed, this is what Hashem wants of me right now, there's nothing more I can do, this is the best I can do, okay? So he, at the Shabbos table with no food, he started singing with his kids the Zemirot of Shabbat, and they saw the radiance of his simcha, it won them over. The kids are crying, I don't know, but they saw how much the father was happy and appreciative, this is coming from heaven, this is the Ratzon of Hashem, this is what Hashem wants of me, if I can do better, I'll do better. Okay? It wasn't pikuach nefesh. Again, if you're going halacha, if it was pikuach nefesh, then they have to work on Shabbat or do something to get food on Shabbat. It wasn't pikuach nefesh. It was discomfort and worry generated by the discomfort that's going to get worse and worse and worse and make a person feel like he's eating himself and he has to do something about it. So in that case, he was holding on. He, he's, it was simcha. And with that joy, he was able to make the family feel amazing on Shabbat. To the extent, he got out of it. He got out of it. Eventually, 
he found a job that he opened his own business, he didn't have to work on Shabbat anymore. The next generation, this man, all of his children continue to be Shomer Torah and Mitzvot. The other guy lost his kids, totally. Lost everything. When you don't have Shabbat, we know, we say every day, we say every Shabbat, Ki Shabbat, right? If I keep Shabbat, Hashem's going to protect me. It works both ways, right? He lost everything, the other guy, okay? What's the point of Chinuch? It's this point. If the father succeeds to everything he's going through, if it's physical pain, if it's stress and pressure, and he's able to show that I'm happy about what I'm going through, and it's not easy, I'm, I'm lip service, I know I'm talking, I know we're talking theoretically, but this is the goal here. If a person succeeds on being happy nonstop, the kids pick this up more than anything else. The love of the children to the father is that he's attracting them. How does he attract them? He's always funny, he's telling jokes. That's someone the kids love. The kids will want to listen to the father. If it's just out of fear and pachad, you're going to lose them. The Gemara says that also. If someone serves out of Yira, you push them too much, that's it. Lo mi sheikh, lo mi uktsech, I don't need your sting, I don't need your honey, it's okay, stay away, let me live my own life. The case, look at children who fell off. Kids, teenagers, why they don't connect? Because they don't get along with the father, he was tough with me. They use this term, I, I had a traumatic upbringing and everything. What was, the, what was the traumatic upbringing? That the father was always uptight or angry and was upset. There was no simcha at home. That was the traumatic. They use funny terms. They like, let's just say, it's like, oh my God, XXS, something like that. What is this? It's not that. It's, <laughs> it's a lack of simcha. If there was simcha in the house, thanks to the, the parents, the father, this generates such a calmness, even when things are, are not right, but when they see that it's reflected too in the parent, this has a major ashpa. We'll finish off with one story. It's a famous story. People know it. We know because we tell the story to our kids. They have the Machanaim kids, uh, kids stories of, of tzaddikim. This is one of them. It's a very powerful story with the message in it. That there was a man named Moshke, and he ran a tavern, ran an inn, which meant that there was a, a bar with whiskey and everything, that he would sell liquor to the goyim, the farmers who were always drunk every night because they're depressed and whatever, okay? So that was his job. And it was owned by the parits, the local landowner. So the owner was the landowner, and the Jew worked for the landowner, and he got free lodgings and everything, and everything was paid for. And he had money. So once the, the parits, the landlord, came to visit Moshke, and Moshke honored him, he gave him a, a, a glass of vodka, and the, the goy, the pirate said, Moshke, how's, how's your family? And he said, Bauch Hashem, thank God everyone's well. How's Parnassa? Bauch Hashem, everything's well. How's your health? He said, Bauch Hashem, Bauch Hashem, you should be thanking me. I give you Parnassa. I'm the one who's giving you the money. So the Jew, he stuck up, he says, the reality is everything's from God. You are a messenger. I appreciate that you're a messenger, but I thank Hashem because the thanks belongs to him. By the way, that's hinted to in the Tikkun Aklali, the psukim that Rabbeinu brings on the proof of the Tikkun Aklali, it says, Pentiten la'acherim hodecha, ushnotecha la'achzari. It's a pasuk, I think, or an E over Mishlei. Lest you give your hodecha. So in our context, lest you give your thanks to somebody else. Really, thanks is only to Hashem. To a person who does you a favor, it's better to bless that person. May you be blessed, may you succeed, may you have strength. Even the, okay? But the, the, the thanking really should go to Hashem. That's the real address. Okay? So the Goy says, I should, you should be thanking me. He said, but Hashem is the source. You're a messenger. He says, oh really? We'll see about that. You're fired. Now let's see how you survive. Let's see when you come crawling to my feet, kissing my feet to ask forgiveness. Let's see when you come. So it was right before Pesach this happened. So he lost his job before Pesach. 
and his wife was plotting at home. What are we going to do? No money for Arba Kosot and the man, the meat. And every year they had tons of guests at their table. This year, minimum, no guests. What's going to be? And her husband, happy, bisimcha, saying to him the whole time. She would start worrying, but she would see her husband calm and happy. That would calm her down and the kids also. They saw the father not worrying. So they took it not to worry. Every time they, what about this, what about that? They saw his attitude of being positive. They said, we have to trust in Hashem. There's nothing else to do. I tried and this, I tried. He did like, it's not like he did nothing. He, he made Ishtadu to find a, whatever a job. Back then to find a job wasn't easy, obviously, in Eastern Ukraine. So he's calm and calm, okay? And meanwhile, it comes the Erev Pesach, the day before Erev Pesach, and this Paritz, he has his mansion, and he has in his cellar a room where he keeps all his gold coins. And from time to time, when he put in new inventory, new gold coins in his, his treasury, he wanted to check out if the gold is real. So he'd bite on the coins to see if it's soft metal, like gold. Gold is soft metal, to see if it's real, real gold or not. And this pirates had a monkey, a pet monkey. Monkey see, monkey do. Okay, so the monkey came in with him. And while the door was open, uh, Ivan, the servant of this pirates, called him that there's something to attend to upstairs, something urgent. So he left and left the door open and the monkey in the room. So the monkey see, monkey do, he started biting on the, on the gold coins also, but he swallowed it. He didn't know how to bite the monkey. So he swallowed it and kept on swallowing until he died. He collapsed with the stomach being exploded with the, with the, with the coins and he died. So when the, the pirates came back to the room, he saw his dead monkey in the floor, not knowing that there's gold coins in his stomach. He said, oh, it's a shame, my monkey. He called Ivan, come, Ivan. You know this meat, monkey meat, go to the Moshke's house, Throw the monkey into the window. So at least he has some meat, meat to eat for Pesach. Monkey meat, okay? So Ivan took the dead monkey, okay? And he goes to the window of Moshke and he crashes, he throws the monkey and crashes the window. So as soon as Moshke and his family saw a body, a dead body, not knowing it's a, a monkey on the floor, the first thing they thought was a blood libel because that was common back then to do blood libels. They would kill a, a Gentile child, put the body in the house of a Jew and say that they killed, the Jews killed this Jewish, this Goish baby in order to use his blood for the Arba Kosot. It's been a history over and over that the Goim like using Alilo Dam as related to Pesach. We're not going to do it now, but Rav, Rav Chaim Falaji has a book called Drachav um, Moshe, which explains the whole phenomena why the Goim Dafka use the blood libel on the Arba Kosot of, of Pesach. Okay? But in any event, going back to the story, they see a body on the floor. They start panicking. But one of the kids, Moshe and his wife, they flip out. What's going on? Oh my God. But the child sees gold coins on the floor. When the Ivan threw the, the monkey through the window, the, the glass sliced open the stomach of the monkey, so coins started going out on the floor. So the boy says, look, Abba, look, Tati, a gold coin. So you see, it's, it's not a baby, this is a monkey. They turn over the monkey, and they see the stomach is filled with gold coins. So Moshe says, thank you, Hashem, I knew wouldn't abandon me. So quickly, Moshe and his wife, they went to buy everything, and they called all the guests to come. So the, the pirates, monkey business, monkey business. So Moshe, he had a nice head there, okay? The pirates, he said to himself, you know, I want to pay a visit to Moshke because he wanted so badly that Moshke should bend his feet, kiss his feet and ask forgiveness. So he, he gets Ivan to prepare the horse and the wagon and he takes him to go there. He comes to the house and he sees the, the window is fixed. There's no broken window. He sees light 
and candles coming out of the house. He peeks through the window of the pirates and he sees a giant table with tons of food and guests. The pirate says, I can't believe this. Where would he get this money from? He knocks on the door. Moshka sees his boss, the landlord, at the door. He says, yes, welcome, welcome. And the pirate walks in with like an expression of shock. Where, shock where, where is this from? How did you do this? He said, Hashem took care of me. I told you God is my, the, the, my, my sustainer. What happened? He said, Hashem sent some dead monkey into my window and the gold coins. <laughs> so he understood what happened. He said, I see. You're right. You're going back to work right after Pesach. You have your job back. I recognize it's Hashem. What's the point of the story that we want to bring up? Is that the attitude of the father makes all the difference. The simcha and joy and taking it easy. But I, we admit we're nervous. You have people that are very, very, very nervous because they built up to it. They're always nervous, this and that. So now when it comes to a, a very stressful situation, for sure automatically they're going to flip out. For sure automatically they're going to go crazy and make the wrong decisions. Whereas if a person works on simcha, eats with simcha, dreams about simcha, jokes nonstop and to, to an extent you know, that, that it's keeping you in an uplifting, happy, high mood, it brushes off. It has a repercussion, Bezat Hashem, so that when a person is hit with a difficult situation, by reflex, he goes to Simcha. This is the biggest message of Chinuch. When the kids see the Abba and Ima happy, and it's expressing with, with joy, etc. So this is the best, the best gift. You got them. You have the kids. You have them in your hand. At, even at age 10, at age 15, at age 20, however old, and how many, whatever problems you have with your children, if you show them you're, that you're happy, and the love, the, here in this case, the Ahava is a byproduct of the Simcha. Okay, the Ahava is now because of the joy, I'm able to have that Ahava, and, and it's shining, your kids will want to be with you. They want to speak to you, they want to have that connection because of your joy, Bezat Hashem. It's a powerful advice that Rabbeinu reveals to us. This is the key. Yeratzon, Wishbizoche, to always be happy, and don't forget to always sing. Oh my darling, oh my darling, oh my darling, Clementine. Okay, you're at Sony Mubi Simcha and joke and happy and do all the eight soldiers of being happy with that.